we'll get started here with the teaching portion of today's service. Um, welcome to Reality Church. If I have not met you before, my name is Gareth. Um, I am one of the managers of Slow Pitch. <laughs> and I am grateful to be one of the elders serving here at Reality. Uh, we're continuing in the Gospel of Matthew this week, and our text is Matthew 13, verse 33. Um, John said I could t- teach on mostly anything in Matthew, and I chose one verse. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to read it from the CSB uh, first, and then as well as uh, the message, which is a paraphrased version of the scripture. Um, so if you're able, why don't you stand now for the reading of God's word. Matthew 13, verse 33. He told them another parable. This Jesus. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. From the message. Another story. God's kingdom is like yeast that a woman worked into the dough for dozens of loaves of barley bread and waits while the dough rises. The word of the Lord. You may have a seat. There we go. Okay, so Matthew's gospel, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, uh, was written to a first century, mostly Jewish audience to show how Jesus was the continuation and the fulfillment of the whole biblical story of God in Israel. Knowing that, I think is pretty critical, and hopefully we can make sense of why this parable was included. Sort of in Matthew, it's part of what's referenced as like a string of pearls. Okay, so Matthew, he puts all the parables in one spot, whereas the other gospel writers pick different points to put them in. When we read this parable first, um, you know, your mind, I think you open up a lot of tabs mentally, probably in your mind. Um, being in, in Vancouver, late pandemic 2022, you probably think of sourdough. Um, and then that opens up a whole nother tabs <laughs> about where to get the best sourdough once I'm done talking. Um, But when a first century Jewish audience would have heard this parable, there would have been probably a lot of different tabs um, that would have opened up in sort of their mental web browser, if you can kind of think of that like a a hyperlink. Okay, so the first tab. Let's go through the first tab that this first century Jewish audience would have opened up, and that was on this word leaven. Leaven was actually a symbol of sin. So for Matthew's first century Jewish audience, the use of the word leaven would have been confronting. Leaven was a piece of dough um, that was left over, not exactly like yeast, but we can use that if it helps with our mental picture. It was a piece of dough left over from the last time bread would have been uh, made and would have been put aside in a cool, dark place to ferment and then be used uh, for the next batch as a change agent for the new unleavened dough. It was common knowledge throughout the ancient world that leaven was a symbol for corruption. Fermentation itself literally involves the decomposition of organic matter. It was associated with death. 
Leviticus 2.11 tells us that burning leaven on the Lord's most holy altar was prohibited because of this association with death. Leaven in dough is a common rabbinical metaphor for humanity's evil propensities. Jesus himself used the word leaven in this way. In reference to the Pharisees, he cautioned the disciples, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Jesus has a slightly deeper voice than me. (laughs) The Apostle Paul speaks of leaven also when addressing sin within the church of Corinth. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5, I believe it is. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. And again, he references this in his letter to the Galatians. But here, in this parable, in Matthew 13, Jesus is using the word leaven in a positive, metaphorical way to tell us what the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. It is like yeast. For Matthew's first century Jewish audience, the use of the word leaven would have been confronting. Leaven was a symbol for sin, and now Jesus is saying that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. By this logic, you might think, is Jesus saying that the kingdom of heaven is corruption that leads to a rise in corruption? That's not what he's saying. So what is he saying? The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. It is like yeast, a piece of the old dough stored away, fermenting, and now mixed in hidden in, causing all of this dough to rise. What is Jesus saying? First tab, leaven was a symbol for sin. First tab on sort of the mental browser that this first century Jewish audience would have opened up. Second tab is Passover. The second tab that the first century audience would have also opened on their mental web browser when they heard this parable from Jesus is Passover. Central to the uh, cultural religious life of the Israelites. Oh, I have a... Oh, you have one. Yeah, I think so. Okay, <laughs> um, central to that, so the cultural religious life of the Israelites uh, was remembering. Remembering to remember how their God had acted in time and place, rehearsing the stories, abiding in tradition. Celebrating Passover was the remembrance of their exodus from the land of Egypt, and closely linked to this tradition was leaven. So they would have gone there in their minds. They would have thought about, well, is Jesus, what's he talking about? Exodus 13, verses three, verse 3, and then I'll read verse 6 to 10, and it, it tells us more. It should be on the screen here. Then Moses said to the people, Remember this day when you came out of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. For the Lord brought you out of here by the strength of his hand. Nothing leavened may be eaten. Verse 6. For seven days you must eat unleavened bread. And on the seventh day there is to be a festival to the Lord. Unleavened bread is to be eaten for those seven days. Nothing leavened may be found among you, and no yeast may be found among you in all your territory. Verse 8. On that day, explain to your son 
This is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. Let it serve as a sign for you on your hand and as a reminder on your forehead that the Lord's instruction may be in your mouth. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with a strong hand. Verse 10, keep this. Keep this statute as at its appointed time from year to year. I just love um, that verse 8. Maybe if you actually go back. Oh, no, it's there. Perfect. This is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. You know, I pray that we too would have that posture uh, with those we disciple when we explain the rhythms of our life. The book of Deuteronomy tells us more about what is known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was seven days following the Passover feast, as I read. Chapter 16, verse 4 states that no leaven, no leaven shall be seen with you in all your territory. Get rid of the leaven. Get rid of the decay. Get rid of this symbol that, it's, that is connected to you when you were in slavery in Egypt and begin anew. Uh, Commentator Peter Enns uh, puts it like this. He says, The deliverance from Egypt is a new beginning for Israel. From now on, every glance at the calendar will remind them of this fact. Uh, It also provides a connection to Genesis and creation. At the Exodus, God's people are being recreated. They are starting over with a fresh slate. A fresh slate, free of the old leaven. So, what is Jesus saying here to us? If Jesus is the continuation and the fulfillment of the biblical story of God and Israel, why is he saying the kingdom of heaven is like leaven? What does he want them to see? What is he hoping they will hear and understand? We're going to get there, but to discern this, to figure this out, I think we need to look, take a deeper look into the form that Jesus is speaking in. We need to understand parables and why Jesus is using parables. That's significant. With this knowledge, we'll hopefully be able to answer why Jesus is saying that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. So the thing about parables. The thing about parables and the reason Jesus spoke in them is that they simultaneously reveal and conceal. Okay? the truth about the kingdom of heaven. They simultaneously reveal and conceal the truth about the kingdom of heaven. The truth is revealed to those who are inclined to follow Jesus, which may be some of you this morning. The truth is concealed to those not inclined to follow Jesus. And that may be where you're at this morning. Jesus helps us understand this with better clarity than I can say. Earlier in Matthew uh, 13, Jesus says this very thing in a slightly deeper voice than mine. His disciples asked him, why do you speak in parables? 
So if you've got your Bibles open, you can flip just a little bit earlier in Matthew 13, starting in verse 11. Why do you speak in parables? He answered, because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know, but it has not been given to them. This isn't in my notes or my, you know, script here at all, but then why would you, why would you say anything? (laughs) You see, you're telling me that the secrets of the kingdom have been given to you, the disciples, but it's not been given to them, yet you speak in parables. Why? Let's unpack that a bit. Verse 13. That is why I speak to them in parables, because looking they do not see, and hearing they do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, you will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their and turn back, and I would heal them. Blessed are your eyes, because they do see, and your ears, because they do hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see the things you see, but didn't see them, to hear the things you hear, but didn't hear them. Okay, so parables reveal and conceal. They reveal to those who have ears to hear, and they concealed, not. So with that in mind, how is this parable specifically revealing and concealing to Matthew's first hearers? What is he saying by referring to leaven in this way? Jesus is revealing that the kingdom of heaven works a lot differently than they had expected. Jesus is revealing that the kingdom of heaven works a lot differently than they had expected. Look, he's not using the example of leaven to offend them, but rather to compel them to inquire and act. And that's what parables do. To reflect on their shared history, to see beyond their story. To many, the parable is concealing the truth of the kingdom of heaven, even though Jesus has already accomplished so much in hopes that, they, that many will have their ears to hear and eyes to see. Look, Jesus loves them and longs to heal them, even though he knows some will never understand. He still speaks in parables. I hope we have that posture too. Just look at the Gospel of Matthew up until this point, okay? You can do this in some afternoon reading. But in reading the first 13 chapters of Matthew, even just from verse chapter 4, chapter 5, you get the sense that Matthew is trying to show very clearly how many do not have ears to hear. Look at what Jesus has done uh, up to this point in the Gospel according to Matthew. He has educated with direct instruction with the Sermon on the Mount. He's taking away illnesses and diseases, restoring the body of a paralytic, restoring the life of a little girl, expelling demons, cleansing a leper, giving voice to a mute man. 
He's done all this, and now he's speaking in parables. He has taught directly, acted obviously, and now he's telling them a simple story with a familiar image to deconstruct the old world of Israel and reveal to us all a new way of living. So to those who have ears to hear, Jesus is revealing something new, altering our categories and the categories of the first century audience. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, hidden in flour that eventually rises. Jesus is inviting us to see, to hear, to understand. Jesus is not using the example of leaven to offend them, but rather to compel them to inquire and act. To those who have ears to hear in this first century audience, Jesus is revealing that the kingdom of heaven is grander than they had imagined, as it is in the continuation and fulfillment of the entire biblical story of God in Israel. You see, to the first century Jewish audience, the deliverance from Egypt was, it was a big deal. <laughs> and it is for us. We're grafted into that tree as Christians. The deliverance from Egypt was a new beginning for the Israelites. And the eating of unleavened bread helped symbolize this exodus. Right? They're actually told, just leave the leaven, strap the sourdough bowls or whatever they have, put them on their shoulders. Like, I just get this picture of football players. Like, strap them on their shoulders and, and go. Make haste. That's why you got to leave the leaven behind because we have to hustle out of here now. <laughs> so leave the leaven behind. So it was very much tied to this, this story, to this experience that would have been rehearsed and remembered every time you look at the calendar for us around March, April. But now Jesus is offering an even greater exodus that many prophets, as he said himself, that many prophets and righteous people long to see. We're on this kind of back half of history now. <laughs> back half, right? It's like saying the pandemic's almost over. The back half, okay? People before Jesus would have longed to hear these words, would have longed to see what Jesus was doing. Now Jesus is offering an even greater exodus that many prophets and righteous people long to see, an exodus from sin and death. At the exodus of Egypt, the Israelites were recreated but now, God is offering for all people to each become an entirely new creation. To become a new creation. To have the old leaven, your sin, expelled from your territory, expelled from your life. So that you might receive the new leaven of grace, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus wants to need this truth in each of us so that over time we become more and more like that leaven. It works its way through us so that every facet of our being proclaims we are indeed a new creation. Look, you literally become this dough with this new leaven. It literally becomes a new substance. The dough is dead. But you add this changing agent, the powerful, life-giving presence of Jesus Christ. 
That's what makes it come alive. No longer dead in your trespasses, but alive in Christ. That's what the leaven is symbolizing here. The leaven works its way into every single facet. The dough rises. It's an entirely different organic substance. No longer dead in your trespasses, but alive in Christ, so that our lives can bear witness to and partner with God in the permeating expansion of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It's spring break, so I've had a lot of opportunity to look up cool synonyms for the movement of yeast through flour, so that's just the, just the beginning, just the beginning. Two other teachers over here also <laughs> laughing and celebrating this time in March. Um, okay, so this refrain, this is, this is tapping into the bigger story right? Of God fulfilled in the, you know, that God is fulfilling in Jesus, the continuation of this story. Um, a good place to look if we want to sort of go in another section of the New Testament is from the writer of uh, Hebrews, uh, author unknown, but written to a distinctly Jewish audience. Hebrews 3 verses 5 and 6. I think this one I wrote up here too. Yeah. Uh, now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant, to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Look, the kingdom of heaven is not the instant overthrow of an oppressive Roman regime, which many first century Jewish people had expected. This is what the kingdom of heaven is. Look, and maybe for us in Vancouver... The kingdom of heaven is not about claiming cultural authority in post-Christian Vancouver. Instead, it's the slow, inconspicuous, transformative, heart-molding work of lives renewed by the changing agent of yeast over a long period of time, sitting and watching the dough rise. It will pervade. And it will prevail. Look, I get that this parable is hard to hear. Maybe it's not hitting you now, but maybe it will this afternoon or whenever. Um, But this parable was likely difficult even for the disciples to digest. Remember, they were with Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount and then seeing all of these healings take place. But really, not much growth has happened, right? There's still just 12, you know, plus one. Still, if you look in the passage in Luke, actually, this, Luke places this parable right after the, Jesus performing the healing of a paralytic person on the Sabbath. <laughs> and then immediately Jesus says this. And the disciples, it's, it's hard for them to hear. They'd been seeing a lot, uh, but not experiencing much growth, like corporately culturally, you know? And honestly, I think that's how I feel, too, about being a Christian in Vancouver in 2022. Maybe you feel the same way. You've seen a lot, um, but you haven't actually experienced much growth. But there is hope. 
As the writer in Hebrews says, you can have confidence. Jesus is here revealing to us in this parable that the kingdom of heaven is a lot different than they had expected, a lot different than we may expect. Renewal is not necessarily instantaneous, external, or dramatic, but it will pervade and it will prevail. Uh, There is a bigger story at work here. It's a bigger story that Jesus was calling his first century audience to, and it's the bigger story that he is calling each of us to this morning. Church, are you holding fast to your confidence? Are you boasting in the hope that you have? Those who have ears, let them hear. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. It is like yeast that a woman works into the dough for dozens of loaves of barley bread and waits while the dough rises. Uh, Let's conclude our time together with three prompts. Like I said, parables reveal and conceal. They cannot be received passively. Parables invite interpretation. Uh, They're kind of like a mirror, right? Um, And they are kind of, they are open-ended, Okay, Jesus, wasn't, Jesus wasn't the only person to speak in parables. And I think sometimes in our sort of how we view them as maybe West, with Western set of eyes is it's a mystery to be solved. But actually, sort of a more Eastern tradition, it's actually, the mystery actually reveals God, the, the divinity aspect of, of, the, of the saying. Um, I think that's a comfortable, uncomfortable place to be. As I always tell my students, like, you should feel safe, but uncomfortable. so what we bring to the story will reveal who we are three prompts first for those who do not see friends you need to receive the leaven of jesus the leaven that you do have can by the common grace of god be good and contribute to the many incredible ways that you improve the welfare of our city you are people of character You seek justice. You serve the poor. You promote and bear witness to increasing diversity, equity, and inclusion in our city. But yet there is still a gap between the ideal you and the you that you reflect in the mirror. There's a gap. There's a difference between the leaven that you are mixing in your dough and the leaven that is the gospel. You may see it now, but you will, you may not see it now, but you will see it as the dough rises. Without the active work of Jesus' saving and redeeming grace in your life, you will miss out seeing what the God of the universe has in store for you. He wants to give you this new leaven already secured for you on the cross by Jesus. Those who have ears, let them hear. Prompt number two. Uh, For those who do see, but are not experiencing growth, I haven't really put any sort of funny stories in here. So here's my one freebie. And I I haven't told, I haven't asked my brother-in-law for permission to share this, but here it goes. So my brother-in-law, John, is an amazing baker. His sourdough rivals the best in the city. And he's from Abbotsford too, which is... At Christmas this year, he was making sourdough cinnamon buns, or as Winsome calls them, cinnamon bums. He was commissioned to bring them for us to enjoy on Christmas Day. Day of, he kneaded the dough fully, 
but it had not fully risen. But since it was time to be together, he brought the dough over for the leavening process to be completed at my in-law's house, who are also in Abbotsford. Unfortunately for him, it was a white Christmas. And unfortunately for him, he is a romantic. So he decided to walk the two kilometers from his house to Tiff's parents' place, cinnamon bun sourdough bread in tow. So what do you think happened to the dough? It didn't rise. <laughs> the dough did not rise. Um, look, some of you might be in a season of life like that right now, where you aren't experiencing the growth to the degree that you want to or have experienced in the past. You aren't experiencing growth in your discipleship to Jesus in the way you want or expect. My encouragement to you is that you still have the leaven in you. You still have the leaven inside of you. Maybe you just need to take note of the weather. Are you in an ecosystem that is thwarting the permeating expansion of God's goodness and mercy to take hold of every facet of your life? Remember, be encouraged. You are already a new creation. His change agent, his leaven, his power is inside of you, and nothing will separate you from that. So live into it. Seek after him, friends, in every facet of your life, because he desires to permeate his presence everywhere. Prompt number three, for those who are growing, and this will be my last, I'm at the end of my section here. Look, I'm grateful. I'm going to look at my notes here so I don't sort of tear up. But I'm grateful when I look around this room and see so many pungent bowls of dough. You are some of the most sour, funky, aromatic people I know. The leaven of Christ is in you, and he is using you to bring forth a frothiness of heaven on earth. So be encouraged. The slow, inconspicuous, transformative, heart molding work of Christ is taking shape. Just think of that yeast kind of like just expanding through the entire bowl of dough. Your work of bringing kingdom renewal in Vancouver as it is in heaven into every facet of your life is making a difference. Your faithful presence is a present of faithfulness to the lost and lonely in our city in hospitals, in boardrooms, in studios, and in lecture halls. When people encounter you, they are encountering the living God. Hmm. So actually, I didn't really have much issue wearing a mask because you can still see people's eyes. You can still look people in the eye. That's beautiful. That's been a gift the last couple of years. So be encouraged. It's slow work. Like, it's not as we expected. It's slow work. And maybe we're going to look at this season of our life and be like, well, that was like probably the slowest. <laughs> it seemed to go really slow or everything was, you know, whatever. But it's the work of the kingdom of God. It's like yeast that's hidden in dough, right? That was mixed in and then the dough, the dough rises. So blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Look, the way of Jesus is about feasting on a different type of bread. 
Jesus says to all of us, do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which Jesus will give to you. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. No one comes to me. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who, who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to have ears to hear. Not just to hear, but to understand. Not just to understand, but to grow. Lead us, Lord Jesus, by your grace, for your glory, and the expansion of your kingdom of heaven. Amen. Amen.